The following audio is from Cross Life Church in Tampa, Florida. We are a church that exists to help people find Christ, their place in the body, and their mission to the world. Our calling is to raise leaders and plant churches. So if you live in the Hudson area or near Wesley Chapel, you can also check us out at one of our other locations. For more information, visit us at crosslife.net. Okay, John chapter 8. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses 31 through 59. And uh, last week, uh, we kind of closed... Uh, it was the area where Jesus was declaring that he's the light of the world. And then after he has this, after he declares he's the light of the world, he's having this exchange with the Jewish leaders who are trying to really dismiss who Jesus is. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting that uh, here Jesus is, uh, talking with the religious leaders, all the crowds of people that are around him are watching Jesus and the exchange that is going on between him and the religious leaders. Now, let me just back up. It would be like, uh, you know, uh, here you have, you, have a, uh, you have an individual and you got these panel of religious elites, you know, the people that's really supposed to know what's going on, and they're trying to dis. Jesus, trying to dismiss, trying to get people not to believe in him because they don't, through their arguing and going back and forth with him, the end result says that many believed in Jesus. That kind of backfired, right? So they're listening to the exchange, and many of them after the exchange go, yeah, no, I think he's Messiah. I'm a, I believe in him. And so that's uh, the background. So then we come into verse 31, and it says, then said Jesus to those Jews who believed, If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Some translations say, some, uh, some will say, if you abide in my word. I like one translation. It says, if you continue to accept and obey my teaching. So basically, he has this exchange. There's many that believe, and Jesus is... He's speaking specifically and admonishing those who believe. Because it's emphatic. He says, if you, that's emphatic in the Greek, if you um, believe. Uh, so, let me, I'm sorry, I lost my place here. Uh, so, anyway, he says, if you, which is emphasized as a distinction from those who do not believe, he says, if you abide in my word, then are you my disciples. Now we see this a lot in scripture, this if, it's a conditional phrase, if you then. And the then is the outcome or the end result. So he says, if, if you will abide in my word, then, and, and to me it's, but not till then, are you my disciples. But then it kind of goes, you know, well, let me just say this. So this if-then phrase is, is pretty common throughout the scriptures. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, then I will turn from heaven and I will heal their land. Uh, one of my favorite areas, passages of scripture that the Lord just uh, put on my heart right away. I memorized the chapter immediately after I was a believer. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, it says, My son, if 
you'll receive my words, high my commandments. If you incline your ear, apply my heart, craft of knowledge, lift up your voice, seek for, seek for his silver, search for his treasures. Verse 5 says, then. So here's this, if then. If I will, or if you will, meet these conditions, then here's can be the outcome or here's the end result. And I mean, this is just pretty common, uh, not just in scripture, but it's pretty common in life. I mean, how many of you, how many of you work? How many of you get paid so much an hour? So if you work 40 hours, then you get paid for 40 hours. If you work 30 hours then you get paid for how many hours? How many pay, how many employers pay you 40 if you work 30? <laughs> Keith? Hey, I'm, I'm looking for, yeah, hey. <laughs> I mean, even, even Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says, If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And then I like this because verse 10 kind of explains a little bit further. He says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth confession, and with the mouth, confession of the mouth one is saved. And so I like in 1 John also, we talked about it last week where Jesus, I think it starts in verse 5, it says, then this is the message that you have heard of him and we proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Bam, statement. Next verse says, if we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, then we lie and do not the truth. So this is kind of the... What's the end result of not believing? See? What's the end result of not walking in the light? Well, then you're walking in darkness. And then it says, but if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So here Jesus is saying to those who believed, and I think it's interesting you know, I think always at some point when you have someone come to the faith, uh, everything's brand new. So they really need, you really need to help keep qualifying things for them because they have come with a lot of beliefs. Uh, they've come with a lot of people telling them a lot of different things about what it is to be a believer because there's a lot of those things out there that are not accurate. So Jesus, I think it's interesting that Jesus, as soon as these people uh, believe in him, he speaks to them. Now, it's almost like, okay, so you, you who have believing in me, here's what you need to know. If you abide in my word, if you continue following me, then you are my disciples indeed. But there's more to it. Also, when that happens, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I like this because this word know has the idea of it means to come to learn, uh, to come to know. How many know when you receive Jesus, you don't have this massive download, and you know everything? But we know that as we continue to follow him, we continue in his word, we continue to put our hearts toward him, what happens? We come to know. And as we come to know, what's that do for us? Okay, so in this 
So far in our conversation with John, there's a lot of you in here that have been making comments that uh, fall along these lines. You know, when I first became a believer, I believed, and then I learned this, and when I learned this, man, and how it comforted my heart, how it helped me, because I thought. So what happened at that moment? What it did is it set you free from the lie that you were believing, and it brought you into the truth. So Jesus is trying to tell the Jews who, if you think about it, uh, you know, a lot of people would think, well, you know, the Jews are God's people. They did everything right all the time. They did it right. And I'm going, okay, you apparently have never read your Bibles (laughs) because that's not true. But what did God do all the time through Israel's history? He kept redirecting them. He kept drawing them to himself. He kept confronting them with the truth. This is the truth. Walk ye in it. And so Jesus, I just love this, immediately these, after this conversation, uh, and they decide that they're going to believe Jesus over the religious leaders. And Jesus says, now to you who believe, this is what you need to know. This is what you'll come to know. And when you come to know this, you'll find freedom in that. You'll find freedom in this truth. And so, and what is, um, uh, let's see, specifically what they needed to know, the truth that they needed to know was the truth about who Jesus was. Because the, the idea is that truth is what is true in any matter under consideration. So Jesus is talking about what's the matter under consideration, this truth that Jesus is trying to communicate to the Jews, who he is and why he came. That's the truth he's trying to get them to understand. And he says, listen, if, if you believe in me and you continue believing in me, this truth about who I am and what I come to do, you'll come to learn. And when you come to learn that, that will set you free. That will bring freedom in your life. Freedom from what? Freedom from darkness. Freedom from the bondage of sin, the law. Freedom to find new life that God had promised through Jesus Christ. So it's not, um, you can do whatever you want, how you want, when you want, and get what you want. That's not that. Nor is it, well, I'm Catholic, or fill in the blank, or I prayed the prayer, I'm good. That's not that either. Or it's not, well, I signed the membership card. Right? It's none of that. These, we're going to find out just here in a minute that the Jews, they were really comfortable in who they were because of where they came from. So they thought they were good. But Jesus, off the bat, he's telling these that did believe it, going, hey, just, oh, 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 there's more. There's more than that. Because if you believe in me and you continue to abide in my word, then you are my disciples. And then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yeah, it's not having believed, but it is believing. Doug, did you have something? It's interesting that he quoted that because that's essentially what's 
what's happened here is even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. As, as soon as that ends, he says, if you hold. To, right, so he's testing the profession of faith of those people. Mm. Right? He's talking to those people. If you believe in me, you will maintain, right? You will continually believe and live this way. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think it's funny that he just, it's, okay, all these people are professing their faith in me because of the conversation I just had. Let me turn to you and tell you what that means. That's good. Mm -hmm. Someone else? So just as Doug was saying, this is right after um, he's speaking. And I just have this image in my mind of as he's speaking, people who do not believe in him are just walking away. So it's almost like when he says, when he starts talking to the Jews who believe, it's pretty much probably the people who are left after he said what he said and the rest of, ah, oh, he's crazy and left. Uh, and so he's, and he, he tells them, um, sorry. He said, well, in my version, it says, abide in my word. So we, we know today we think of the word, or I do, I think of the word as the, the word of God, the, the, the Bible, right? And they could have thought of that as the Torah, what they learned, and, you know, they all knew it because they went to school for it. It was part of their life. But it's what he just spoke to them. It's, his, it's actually the word that he just gave. Um, so... For the, for the Jews, specifically the Jews who believed in him, this is a turning point in their life because their entire culture, everything about them is wrapped up in following the leaders and he's saying something different. And so, and that, there's a cost to that as we see after Jesus dies and is resurrected, the church is persecuted right away immediately by Paul, by others. So there's a cost to the decision that they're making. And he's just saying, if you abide in my word, you will see the truth. Anyone else? Holly. I think there's this conception that um, that there's a lack of freedom in faith that there's a lack of freedom in living out the truth and the parameters that God has set for us, that there's a lack of freedom and that it takes from us instead of adds to us. But when we have faith that we know that our creator created us in a certain way and we abide by those principles, there's freedom in that. So I just think of like a creation, you know, just like a pop a pot that's created for a particular use, say that pot is uh, a chamber pot. <laughs> it has a particular use. If it, tries to, if it tries to live outside of that, it's never happy, you know? Um, but when we know what we're created for and we live to be what God created us to be, there's freedom in that. Mm -hmm. We don't feel bound by any other things that, that need to bind us. We have freedom to be who God made us to be. And it's, it's a spiritually discerned thing as we follow the Holy Spirit that we realize that we have the freedom to love. We have the freedom to forgive. We have the freedom to say no to sin. We have, we have so much freedom. 
Um, we don't have the freedom to sin, but we, we are bound, when we don't believe, we are bound to our unforgiveness and we're bound to our sin. Um, but there's freedom in functioning how God made us. And I think, at, you know, when we walk that out, we realize how much freedom we have in Christ. We're just free from being encumbered with the sin that besets us. And um, it's, I think people don't come to a saving knowledge of Christ because they think it's going to limit them. And it does limit you, you know? It limits you from the things that are harmful to you. But it gives you so much freedom to live the way that God created us to live. If that makes any sense. And again, he's talking about, Jesus is talking about this spiritual reality of sin and darkness. And so the religious leaders have in their head just the natural order of things. And Jesus is, again, when he talked to Nicodemus and we talked to the woman at the well, he's trying to talk about spiritual realities. And, you know, we're going to encounter this often. Uh, you know, until someone is start on that path of opening up their life to who Jesus is, those spiritual realities are just not going to come into play because the enemy has blinded them, right? He, he's distracting them from these spiritual realities that God is wanting to open us up to. I mean, each one of us, we've been in this journey of coming to Christ. And then when we have finally made that decision, that door really opened, and now everything has changed, everything is different. And it continues to you walk out of an old life into a new life. Well, I'm trying to understand here. It says... Um, in verse 44, uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to picture that Christ was speaking to these elders. And then Christ says, you belong to your father, the devil. Now, that's a pretty harsh thing to say to these elders who probably believed all their lives that they were living a, you know, a pretty holy life. And then he goes on to say he was a murderer from the beginning. Um, to me, that's a pretty harsh thing to say. Yeah, that is. Uh... Just a sec. Go ahead. I've never done this before. <laughs> uh, you know, because I think when Jesus, I, I remember when he was saying any parable to uh, his, uh, you know, his disciples and his followers, he always began. Those 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 with ears, let him hear. And I think that's important because, you know, we discussed in our life group. I mean, Jesus chooses us too, and He chooses who to uh, soften, whose heart is softened, whose ears can hear spiritual things, whose um, mind will understand spiritual things. So it it's almost it, it's it's. Uh, I think I, we, all, we always discuss this kind of a, you know, we, we had that debate of, um, you know, whether, uh, freedom of, uh, what's the, there's like two terms where in terms of choice and whether God chooses you. But I believe Jesus chooses us, um, and we sopped in our hearts, and I feel like it's, we have freedom to come to know him if, if it, you know, in terms of, it's kind of like our choices that we make in, in, in terms of 
trusting Jesus first, and then we have to abide in him, like Pastor Tracy said, and then come to know him. And once you keep trusting and obeying him, then you understand. And then you wouldn't want to live any other way. I, that's, that's how I think I feel. Because, you know, growing up in a Christian family is one thing, but then you, it's that, it's like that movie where, uh, I, I, I forgot the movie already, where that bell rings on Christmas time, and only the kids, well, and only the kids can hear it, you know, that cartoon one, Polar Bear Express, Express. whatever, (laughs) but our next movie night, right? Right? Because if you tell people about Jesus, you tell them, you know, you quote the Bible or you, you quote any, any scripture that you read to the, to someone who's not chosen by Jesus to hear it. It's not going to matter anyways. So, you know, in terms of, uh, I guess those Jewish leaders, they weren't chosen, you know, the ones that at that time, I mean, that's how I I look at it. Even though they studied the Torah and they, you know, they they grew up. If they weren't chosen, they're not going to have the ears to hear. But they thought they were. But they thought they were because they were more of a... A religion than, than a, a relationship. So. Yeah, I like, uh, so Jesus basically is challenging their belief system. Like we do with people. You know, I remember lots of conversations, somebody telling me that they're born-again believers, and I said, okay, let me get this straight. You're a born-again believer, but you you do these things. You are constantly living this way. You don't read the scriptures. I never hear you talk about God in any way. Matter of, the only time I hear you talk about him is in a cuss word. So I'm just really struggling right here, right now with what you're saying to me, to what the scriptures have to say. So there's this disconnect I think specifically in talking about this, Abraham is our father. Um, What Jesus is saying is that, no, he's not. Because if he was, you would understand what I'm saying. I mean, they said, we've never been a slave. We're slaves to nobody. Well, even at that time when they're talking to Jesus, they're slaves to Rome. Before that, they're slaves to Babylon, Babylon, Egypt, Persia. Persia. Right, so they're sort of like denial. We we we've got Abraham. That's all we need. Well, and and the, the comments happened before with about Moses too. We had Moses, and and Jesus says about both. If you were believers, if you followed Moses and you're children of Abraham, you would understand who I am, and what I'm saying is coming from the God that gave them the decrees that they had. Right. I think that's the biggest thing is that they just don't get, again, I think it's the same blindness of, that my brother was just talking about. It's blindness, um, they think they know all and see all. You know, are you telling us we're blind? Absolutely. Because you believe this because you're caught up in your tradition of, right? I mean, it's absurd to me to think that somebody would look at somebody and go, you heal that guy on a Sabbath day, you're not a good person. But what? What, what, you know? 
Anybody here sick and want to get healed? Do you care what day it is? No. Amen. I think uh, David's bringing up a really great point here where we get a glimpse of the nature of, of God the Father. and um, Jesus is God. And um, we have this saying at work, me and a, a buddy of mine, where we, when, whenever we say something that's true but it's harsh, we, one person says hurtful, and then the other person says truthful. It's like when you say something, that person responds hurtful, and then the other person says truthful, because sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes, actually, a lot of times the truth hurts, because when you're telling somebody the truth, it's often about them, and it's often a way for them to see that they're not in the right. Um, and Jesus, you can see it happening in, throughout this entire chapter, where the more they go back and forth, um, the more harsh Jesus gets in his reply to them. Um, and then it kind of culminates with him saying, you're, you're of your father, the devil, which is, pretty, which is pretty much the harshest thing you can say. But he keeps telling them truth, and they keep combating it with stuff that is not true. Um, and so eventually, sometimes the truth is a little hurtful, but it's hurtful because of our pride. I know that when my wife says something to me that kind of stings me, often if I really think about what she's saying, she's saying the truth, it just, it stings because I don't really want to hear that what she's saying is, and I don't want to accept that it's true, but it, it usually is. Um, and so when you, when you think about how he's speaking to them, it is harsh, but it's true. And it's very interesting how he shows compassion to the sinners people that are that are just outwardly sinning and you just know it uh, he responds to the woman caught in adultery with compassion and then those people who are not willing to accept that they are sinful or they're doing something sinful or they're living in a sinful way those are the ones that he's harsh with and I think it's just harsh because it's true someone else candy hang on And the facts are, if you're not a believer, your father is the devil. I mean, it sounds so harsh, oh, but that is. Yeah, absolutely. it's the facts, you know, it's either or. It's not, you know, like so many religions, there's so many ways to heaven. But in Christianity, there is only one way. So he's just speaking truth here, like Aaron said. I mean, it's, it hurts maybe to, for, some, for you to talk to somebody like that, but it's just the facts. Mm -hmm. Someone else? This is actually very short. The reason why Jesus tells people the truth is because he loves them. Mm. See, and that's something we got to consider. You know, you think, well, am I going to offend them? Are they going to think certain things about me? But if you know someone's driving a car, you probably heard the thing, and the bridge is out. Or are you going to be like, as they're going by, hey, enjoy your trip. Or are you going to be like jumping out in front of them? You can do whatever you can do to try and stop them because you know they're going to drive off the cliff and die. So, you know, it's something that we really need to consider is when, God gives us those divine appointments. He does that for a reason. He loves them, and he desires for us to show his love through us. Because in our own humanness, we're not going to do it, right? We're selfish. 
where, you know, basically, without God, we have Satan as our father, just like you said. But since we have Christ as our father, his love should go through us to show other people's love. And that's what brings him to glory. So, yeah, I was a little bit nervous. That's why I want to talk. But anyways, I'm going to talk. I think um, God is holding all of us accountable, not just unbelievers, but ourselves. Like... I feel like um, every day we feel like I feel like we have to die to our sinful nature because um, God wants for us to become more like Him, and that's why He said to hold to His teachings. Um, every day I feel like if we continue in Scripture and acting on it, I feel like God. That's what He wants from us. Like become closer, become more like him. And, and it's, yeah, he's talking to everybody. He's talking to, especially us Christians, that we need to stay in the truth and because that way we'll be free. That's good. Someone else? That's what this looks like. When you really look at the story of the gospel... Jesus came into the world for a particular purpose. There was a particular way that people were going to get through eternal life, find eternal life. And when you begin to read the Gospels, out here, it's pretty broad. Jesus is speaking to the multitudes. The religious are a part of it. But as people kept walking toward this point, and this point is salvation, as it got narrower and narrower, the, the conversation got shorter and shorter, if I could say it that way. Yeah. Out here, Jesus is reasoning, and he's, he's telling people, look, uh, here's, he's taking them way back, Old Testament. Remember what God said here, and what they said here, and what they said here, and this was going to look like this. And so we know all those prophecies about Jesus, and so he starts way out here. But as he keeps having conversation with these Jews, the conversation gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And we're gonna get, you're going to have to be here next week, David, because we're going to have to jump into that. Uh, your father is the devil, because we don't have time now. <laughs> so, right? So anyway, just, just realize that um, even when, think about it when you have conversations with other people, uh, your conversations are real wide, but as you're bringing in, you're bringing them to what? The truth. That's what you're bringing them to is the truth. And out here, you know, just out here, there's a lot of things that are going on in people's minds. A lot of conversations are mulling over. A lot of things that are taking place. But eventually, it comes down to this point that Jesus gets to. And we're going to see it here and he going, I'm telling you the truth, those who believe in me will never die, but will have eternal life. That's what he's getting to. And so Jesus is not being mean, but there's a necessity that the truth gets, his conversations get really short. This is truth. <laughs>